Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we play games with pens, paper, dice, and our imagination. Thanks for joining us. Hi everybody, and welcome to Jacob's last chance to try and introduce what we're doing. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D uh, This is a little bit of a special thing um, We decided to have a bit of a, uh, a bit of a retrospective chat about Burnbright um, What we thought about, the way it was designed and, and how we went and whatnot uh, And also do a bit of a recap um, So next week we can actually start playing D&D again So if you kind of have forgotten exactly what's going on um, This is probably a really good episode to catch up with <laughs> Um, before we go any further, I do want to say a very big thank you to Sean um, for giving us your time and, and joining in with us and our, I, I'm going to coin it, shit nanigans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. mostly it's been your bullshit, but... <laughs> that is very fair. <laughs> no, it's been great. Thank you for having me. I've had a really great time. It's been nice to be part of an ongoing game for a little bit that rather than just a one-shot. And uh, it's been a really cool chance to try a new system. Nice. Um, and also I want to say thank you to James Intracasso and um, all the support staff at Roll20. Um, Y'all did help us out. You provided a copy of the game for us, which I gave to Jacob to run because I was very, very tired at the end of 2020. Um... And I think it showed. Um, and again, Jacob, thank you very much for running this for us. This was this was very good. Thanks. Um, I, I think we all valued having a different dungeon master who did not throw as many terrible jokes out there. <laughs> I mean, we did have a player who, you know, made up for it, though. Yeah, we did. I mean, yes, I knew did. it was going to happen. From, so yeah, from what I can tell, the amount of jokes did not decrease. At all. Mm, it was Not, the same uh, amount. Yeah, the, the quality mm. didn't get any better either. Nope. Well, just it occurred to me recent. It occurred to me, like, after we finished, that, like, I should have seen if I could have gone into defensive mode, wall, uh, rolled through a wall, and then announced to everyone, I'm the coolant aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, that would have been good. Oh, uh, no. We'll just, we'll just have to imagine how fun that would have been. Thank you for that one. Uh, that's that's very clever, Ethan. Um, so, so Jacob, if you had to compare this to say to say Fifth Edition Dungeons Dragons or Pathfinder, both of which I know you play, um, where would this sit in in that kind of area? Um, so, at least for me, the like actual rules of running it, there's a lot less to try and like keep organized and try and remember going through than like especially pathfinder and so it for me it was easier to kind of keep track of like okay flowing through battles was a lot easier to remember like oh just the numbers two then three then four for the skills that you all had to do um one of the things that i actually found was a little bit tough was trying to come up with Things that you all failed to keep coming up with problems because you all kept pushing your luck until you failed very frequently. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what penalty do you all get now? Because, like, I 
Are we not supposed to do that? Um, <laughs> it's definitely an option you can do, but <laughs> like the uh, the World Twenty, it provided a table that has a hundred options as kind of like prompts. Some of them didn't really make sense. So, for example, one of them uh, that I remember getting was one of the prompts was saying like, "Oh, something that you did." got undone and i was like well ollie just cut one of the cultists in half we can't really undo that (laughs) that just got that happened so not sure what i can do with that prompt so then i would just roll and try and get another prompt so a number of them just didn't really work for certain situations but i still liked having that table to kind of help a little bit (laughs) I was just thinking, on that one, you could maybe get, like, the top half of the person just, like, kind of comes to life a bit and starts dragging themselves toward Ollie. I mean, we are working with a cult, so, I mean, they (laughs) have... Like, they would be fanatics. Yeah. I mean, that probably could have worked, but I hadn't thought of that when we had it. No problem. James, there's one for you, mate. (laughs) Okay, and, and we're all um, we, we all play a bit of Dungeons and Dragons um, and, and other assorted nonsense. Um, what, what were the what were the kind of impressions we had on this, Dame? What, what did given that you run a, a few D and D things and whatnot, is this a system that you thought was? Sorry, I should probably just ask. What what did you think of this system? Okay, yeah, um, I really enjoyed this system because I feel like it really rewarded improvisation and creativity since basically every skill technically works for a role you just have to like come up with something and agree with your gm and i really like that like that's kind of how i run dungeons and dragons already anyway like it's it's less restrictive and if my players are like hey can i roll this i'll be like okay well what are you doing with it and if we can come to a consensus um I'm usually down for it because I like enabling what the players are going to want to do. And I don't know. It just felt really cool. Yeah. I, I would agree. Um, uh, Sean, you run a whole bunch of games. What what, what, what are your thoughts? Thank you. And with your glasses and mustache that you added to your face. Um, yeah. Uh, I really liked the simplicity of the skill checks that, you know, you just you have a certain dice for different skills, and you just roll a different amount of them, depending. And it, you know, if you don't get doubles, you pass. That's cool without having to do too much extra math. You know, like adding modifiers and this, that, and the other. Um, I found that really, really cool. Uh, I did struggle with remembering to do shit in order to achieve a nova point. Um, in remembering to use my different dice to build up to a Nova point. So um, that's something I'm not familiar with. And I like it, but I think that's something that if I was DMing the system, I'd have to try to like make sure I remind players to, to do that as much as possible because I would forget to keep track of it as well. Hmm. Um, so you, I'd you, encourage- could, you could maybe... I, I know some people who collect way too many sets of dice and um, 
Now, someone's going to get very angry that I suggested that such a thing as way too many dice could happen, um, Cameron. Oh, no, it can happen. Um, I've got way too many dice because I'm doing a review video and I got sponsored a bunch, and then I keep getting freebies when I order stuff from game stores. There is such a thing as too many dice. What a terrible problem you have. Um, I mean, you, you could spray paint like a, a few sets of dice gold or something, and so when people... Like, and just give people a sheet. And it's like, oh, okay, use that dice. There's the gold one leading up to your Nova point. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I can see ways of tracking it, but I can also see why that shouldn't just be the responsibility of the dungeon master or game master. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what were your thoughts, man? Um, I mean, so from my experience uh, of playing role-playing games has really started with this podcast. Like, that's so I'm I feel like I'm kind of, you know, looking at it from like a newbie uh, perspective. Um, this felt very simple to pick up. Um, I, I kind of messed up with when I was building my characters and I, I didn't really realize that I wouldn't want to have my dice uh, spread out throughout my attributes. So like I had I think I only had like one D10 on my entire set uh, just because I didn't realize I would need it. Um, but other than that, it was really simple. Like it was just, you want to do a thing? Okay. It's two or three or four, however many dice, uh, you know, whatever the difficulty was, that was really simple. The abilities were very straightforward. Um, having everything on the rule 20 kept, you know, made it very, very simple for keeping track of things. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good for, especially for new people who haven't really gotten into RPGs. It kind of the roll twenty kind of does a lot of it for you. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely built. Um, sorry, I, I, I guess you could say it was really purpose built uh, with roll twenty in mind. Where a lot of like old TTRPGs, they're really not. So there's always that kind of jank between okay, is this built for this, or are we just adapting it for this? Yeah, Which yeah, is definitely a thing. Um, Ethan. What were mm. your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. I kind of, I think it's interesting uh, design to have, um, like you want to encourage your your players to acquire Nova points because that's where all the cool shit is. And in order for them to do it, they have to like, like they're, I wouldn't say forced. They're uh, heavily incentivized. There we go. Um, <laughs> to do all the stuff a character can do. Like, they don't have to be, feel like they're locked into, like, ones... They don't have to be one-dimensional. Mm. By design. Yeah, it kind of forces think, you to stretch yourself out, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I it's like, like it's, it's like... Just, sorry. It's like, when we played Blades in the Dark, that game... Your your character sort of technically can do in anything, but it's like, well, if I'm gonna fuck this up, most likely I'm, I don't want to try. Like I don't want to feel like I have to try. You're not incentivized to be able to do, um, to use all your skills and blades, unless you're trying actively to kill your own character, um, <laughs> which you might. I mean, I was trying to do that in a one shot and I failed. Um, well, I was trying to block the ship, actually. I guess that doesn't have to include... Uh, whatever. Um, I blew up a ship. Well, well done. Um, look at you. You know I got what a cat. The <laughs> Your character was properly trained, and it 
the operation of the ship. Uh, it wasn't just a liar that's that that stowed on board. <laughs> um, you know, it occurred to me that we played through that before. Among Us was a thing. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think the other good the other good uh, aspect of Vampire's Rules is that it's very easy and quick. Combat doesn't take thirteen hours of just smashing each other's health pools away. I mean, there are health mm. pools, but like, there's not a lot of numbers. Like, there's not a lot of staggeringly increasing numbers. Mm. It's like you got three hit points. Don't take three hits. Oh, now you're dead. Um, yeah, I, I like the. In- yeah, unless <laughs> you're the immortal character. That's the. Other, that's my only complaint. There's a pretty huge like. Uh, I wouldn't say Im- well. Yeah, no, let's say imbalance. Uh, between some of these races here. I mean, I'm the well, friendly to be bug fair, man, though. and I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. I got radiant friendliness. And yeah, I'm yeah. on the ship with a, a literal immortal being who gets uploaded to... to the cloud upon death. Well, yeah, to be fair, though, when I get uploaded to the cloud, that body is fucked, and I have to wait to come back until my new body is built, and then I have to find you all again. And all of his gear is gone. <laughs> Yeah, all my gear is gone. I start from scratch. I don't just immediately respawn where we were. Just get a life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can see Peacecraft being life insurance fraudsters left, yeah. right, and center. <laughs> They're running a harsh racket here. That would be something that would be really fun to explore, like a long-term campaign. Um, where just like, oh man, we lost, you know, this, one of our characters is off on a side quest, like, uh, trying to get back to us. So, I mean, that'd be kind of interesting to have kind of those, you know, separate moments. They they respawn and then they've got to start filling out requisition forms to like, you know, prove they're not dead, (laughs) get all their shit back. (sighs) Okay. Roll me a persuasion to try and get through this line faster. You failed. (laughs) Ha ha. You're there for ages, sucker. (laughs) Trying to get a space Uber out to wherever the their friends are. Forever yeah. in the space D and D or DMV. <laughs> Yay, space DMV! That no. would be terrible. Um, we call it the I, RTA. I, I like. I, I like the system. Um, I like the inclusion of a minion-like character, like so enemies rather, where you can just like with the right dice roll, you can clear a room, which makes like. There's that little bit where Steven stabbed two people to death um, and left his knives in them because he's just not very careful. Um, <laughs> also, it just made more sense, like, for, for the way Steven's works. Stab! Wait, another knife! Stab! Oh, shit, actually, I need that one. Um, and that was fun. Like, that was a really cool cinematic moment of just, like, Steven's decloaking and then just dealing out merry hell and then changing his appearance and, you know, bullshitting people. Um, and I like that. I thought that was really cool and cinematic. And I, and I, and I like that Burnbride has that facility. Um, I think it'd be a pretty decent TTRPG to start people on. Um, because they'd get used to all the different dice and just like doing simple, basic probability math in their heads kind of thing. It's like, okay, this is going to be really tricky. How do I make sure my good skills are used here? Um, but I think also I had something there for people who've been doing it for a while because as Zeke said, like 
you're incentivized to grow your character's abilities and do stuff they're not very good at. Well, he's incentivized um, to do everything. Yeah, well, which not is everything, cool. but like, yeah, you, you're incentivized not to be one-dimensional. Is the thing. Yeah, which which is very cool. Um, like, I, you're not I the healer of, who I, casts the heal spells and then I don't know, eats a sandwich whilst the talker does the talking skill. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, where was I going? I've totally forgotten. It was terrible. Um, Josh, you're going to have to edit out this awkward silence later, aren't you? No, yes. I don't do that. <laughs> I'll just keep talking till I remember what I was going to say. Awkward silence is a characterful. He's going to have editor's notes and then ignore them. No, yeah. I, I don't take editor's notes. I just plow through. Oh, now I remember. Um... It kind of reminded me of a system called Torchbearer, which apparently is just like, it takes the opinion of adventurers that, like, honestly, this is the dumbest thing you could have done as far as a career choice goes. Like, you had so many other trades <laughs> and things you could have decided to do with your life, and this is it? Well done you. But you can't improve on a level until you start, until you break your own rules. Like, if one of your own rules is never leave anyone behind, the only thing you can do to level up is break that personal, like, personal thing, which I think when you get invested in a character is really cool, and it, it, it's, a, it's a cool sign of development, and you can make that mean something. So, yeah, I, I kind of like it for those reasons. Um, I think the only thing I didn't really like, um, and, and this is not to throw shade, this is just possibly a me thing, no, do it, Josh. What I didn't get him. What I didn't. Thank you, Ethan. Um, what I didn't like was when invited to be a player in the game. I would have loved a bit more access to the stuff I need to read. Like that was a bit clunky and didn't always work. Like, Sean, you had issues because your character sheet emptied itself a couple of times. Yeah, multiple times my character sheet balked out. But that's a a roll twenty issue, not a burn bright issue. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Happens. That's. Yeah, I've noticed that with other systems. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. I haven't had that happen uh, to me in other things. Um, but I would have really liked if it was, say, possible to access what I need to read without having to launch the game. Mm. Like, just a, just a quick thing to access on, like, the compendium or whatever that says, you know, the, the player-approved stuff. Like, it doesn't mean d give me a PDF to download or anything like that. I understand you're trying to protect your intellectual property, I dig. Um, but just something to read through so I could just kind of go through it a bit easier would have been nice. That yeah. was just maybe a little not great. Yeah, I'm, I am I know what you mean. I found that as well. Like, I wanted to read up on some of the character traits and stuff like that so I could make my character. But um, I'm still, again, not sure if that's a limitation of the platform because, like, I know with D&D &D stuff, you have to buy the books before you can access them on Roll20 as well. Same as with D&D Beyond and whatnot. So I'm mm. not sure if this is a system failing or, again, a platform issue. So I can't speak I, to... I think it's... Yeah, I think it's a platform thing. Um, but the problem is, by having that platform thing in the way, it, it kept me from engaging with the game as much yeah, as I may... A, it's a barrier of entry for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I was going to say, as far as books go, people should never go and Google the Trove and write 5e after it. Don't don't do that. Why don't we do that, Josh? I generally don't know. 
because you shouldn't try singing sea shanties oh my god i cannot speak today i fucking literally just typed in sea shanties in a graphic i'm making for my twitch channel (laughs) it's all the rage now (laughs) one of the things that i had even like before i like invited all the players in was i had to find where all the rules were and that was Mm. actually a problem for me Mm. was because i went i I found in the compendium and then i found rules and then like yeah i had to go and find where i found the core rule book under the rules and then from there i could find basically like the table of contents to go and find the sections that i needed but like that was um like having to go a couple menus deep to find like the table of contents to find like what i was trying to like look for because i couldn't really i didn't feel comfortable trying to guide you all through like character building when i hadn't read the rules first and so i definitely had to like go and do that first and that was one of the things where i was like okay i really have to find this information and that took me like a lot longer than it has for like other systems because i had to basically figure out how to find that but I, like, as Sean's kind of said, I don't know if that's maybe Roll20, because I've never just had information through Roll20 system, where that was yeah the only thing. I almost mm. always use Roll20 combined with D&D Beyond when I'm playing D&D because of the issues I've had with the compendium system on there. So I, but see, I've also leaning towards it being never ran anything with D&D Beyond. So I've either had like an actual book or like a pdf and yeah so i've never used online compendiums before so i don't know if that's just me having those issues because it's my first time using the platforms in that way or if it was just like yeah that so i'm not blaming this like burn bright itself i'm not blaming that on at all that was just more of a hiccup for me for getting to the information but once I found the information, then I thought it was really cool because, like we said, being able to like find all of the character information, I liked having the different backgrounds. And I think, um, Tyler, we worked together and made like a custom background for Microsoft that wasn't in Roll20 oh. or the book. Yeah, kind of just winged it. Yeah, that's well, pretty cool. Elaborate. Uh, I didn't know ants had wings. <laughs> Some ants have wings. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I played cement back in the day. This is true. This is how you colonize the new territories. Yes. The Australian experience of having a winged bull ant come at you face height. That's a fun time. That ever happens. He's talking shit. I am talking shit. They go for the feet. <laughs> And by that, yes, we mean the whole foot, America. We've got ants here that delete your whole foot. I mean, you're not actually that wrong. <laughs> It'll take them a while, but they'll do it. They totally will. Um, cool. So, yeah, I think we'd all... I, well, one thing I found weird, but I think this is Josh not understanding the game straight up and then playing it a bit helped me was understanding why there's no damage dice with themes that took me a while. I'm like, but 
How yeah, I know what you mean. do I stuff? <laughs> how do I yeah, stuff? Yeah, having a set, a set damage point versus rolling for how much damage you do took a bit of getting used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that, that being said, that, it. yeah, that's, I was about to say, it's, it, streams, it streamlines it really, really well. Like, I know some people who run, just, just, you know, reading through my Twitter feed, some people run their D&D game where they just always hand out average damage because it just makes it faster. And I, like, part of me is like, oh, but I love the randomness of the damage. And the other part of me is like, but I hate combats that go on for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like in this game, I think we just like we we just rocked up and it's like you know we're just gonna murder every single cultist we meet. They didn't Not seem make to friends. take any other uh, any other action. Like I, they were not talk downable. It's like okay. <laughs> so so Dane, would you be maybe saying that people who have joined, say, an extremist? Um, set of beliefs are not necessarily easy to communicate with across the aisle and you shouldn't necessarily take any promise they give you in good faith because it turns out they could actually be complete assholes. Yeah, we should just murder them straight up. Who's with me? Let's join the murder club. No. You know what? I... No. <laughs> they were much easier for you to actually convince to not fight after you got rid of the one like cult leader that was calling all the shots and ordering them around and then that, Josh cho- Stevens ca- chose to impersonate across. the cult leader and then they presumed she was alive still so yeah that definitely good job came across if we, we decided to keep leader. murdering them <laughs> so you're saying if if we say punish a cult leader the followers are less likely to engage in acts of like you know extremist violence if there was a way to perhaps impeach a cult, sorry, we're all getting. That veil is getting ever thinner, isn't it? Josh in the giant impeachment. Joshua. I'll 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 be shush. Are you sure about no. that? Mm. No. I mean, you say that. <laughs> Give him ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ten seconds, mate. I'll be. I will add, and this might have just been me building my character on. And this also might just be a reflection of, you know, how reality works. Being poor fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I could tell I could have told you that. I don't know, just in character creation where I'm like, alright, I have one grenade and a stick. I'm ready for adventure. And again, Mr. Immortal Life Insurance is like, I got a necklace of grenades. <laughs> in my giant space car. Yeah, I was yeah. able to buy a car. Yeah, it was like the exact opposite of real life, of being able to afford everything I needed to get the job done in one hit for once. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would have liked if maybe you got like more dice upgrades for like taking on less money. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I mm. think some of them have... Yeah some different bonuses i don't remember what all of them are that they give you the choices of can i ask jacob because i didn't know if it was in there but i'd be curious is, is there such a thing as magic um i don't in, think there in is this game system um i think i remember james specifically talking about that but jacob you, you tell us for sure <laughs> so 
yes-ish is the best that I got. Okay. Um, so actually, the a lot of the tech, especially like the um, like Brandon, the machine, like AI, basically, isn't technically a direct AI. It's basically like kind of a magical intelligence. So it's a mix of science and magic that is basically working from what I can understand of reading it. Um, additionally, like the people, the cultists that you were dealing with, like it's not directly explained like how they're generating fire from their hands and scorching people. But that seems pretty cult and magical. Like the runes that uh, Stevens saw in the room and then he walked on and triggered but managed to avoid being exploded by like that very much was not technology that was runes painted by the cult leader in her room as a trap so i think there's some magic in the system but it's just not specifically listed in there i think it's a like story device that you can use but it felt like it was less of a character like option for how you power abilities as much but mm. at the same time i didn't really read all of the rules like there may very well be like ways that you could flavor certain abilities that maybe that's how you do stuff i'm not really sure no one really seemed like that's how they were going to be using their like sci-fi powers or science fantasy powers um i think when we talked to james before he said it was a science fantasy game and that seems to be in line with the bits of the story points that i was reading so there could be and i haven't read any of the other adventures that they've published so could be something that so i guess the real friendship was Sorry, the real magic was friendship all along. <laughs> You're right. I mean, Fuck for you, the up. real magic was rancid coolant, but... Oh. This is very dark magic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent. So, um... Yeah, I think it would all say... I, I think it would all say Burn Bright. It's pretty good. I like yeah, that it was a lot. lot of fun. Yeah, it's okay, Yeah, I picked folks. up that, um free starter adventure that they were advertising a little while ago um during like the live play weekends or whatever it was that roll 20 had going on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i'm definitely planning to run that on stream at some point so i can get a better understanding of the system so i awesome. think that's a pretty good indicator of how well i enjoyed it yeah nice looking forward I to it i think i might go buy myself a no, Sean, please no more ungodly abominations with your snap cam. <laughs> I know you... Okay, do we need to sing the Weller Man song now? <laughs> Everyone in short looks like a pirate. It's very cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd play this game again, um, possibly with my children, because um, it feels like a really good system to run with kids. Um, Tyler, you being the other dad here... Yeah. Is there some... I mean, your, your boys are roughly the same age as mine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, um, they, I think they could handle this. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, maybe just walking through through character setup and kind of guiding them that way a little bit there. But other, once we're in, I think that they'd really enjoy they'd enjoy the you know silly space stuff. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a good one for kids, at least my kids. I think the consistent damage would be helpful. It's like in my head, it's kind of more video game like, where it's like, oh, it's like Mario, you jump on them. It's like the one damage, just yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the cinematic minion kill. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um. So moving along, and and Sean, I apologize. You may feel a little bit left out of this conversation. Um. A little bit of a recap on our D and D game because we haven't played for like five or six months. That character is just having like a really that. long nap and a yeah bizarre sequence of dreams. Okay. So Jacob, please correct me where I get this wrong because um. Someone in this Skype chat left their notebook at home and does not feel like a very functional adult about that right now. Um, <laughs> so, effectively, your characters came into Spaghetti Western Barovia uh, by coming in from the mists. Uh, you found yourselves at the house of the last round. You had your fortunes told to you uh, by a lady who does tarot or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. Yeah, um, I think Jacob and Tyler both took notes because they've read things out to me. Like, they actually wrote stuff down, which is very good. Um, I've decided to uh, roleplay as uh, the illiterate character I'm playing and uh, not do that. That's yes. my excuse. <laughs> Ethan, you're really pushing that to the to the everything. Mm. Um, your, your characters, through a combination of shenanigans um, and interesting moral choices... Um, Sean, you're a very funny man. <sighs> For the viewers, he is now Cyclops. Um, he's just going to do that to get my mind off track. He's going to get my mind off the rails. Hey, ah, there we go. It's yeah. Um, so characters, yeah, through, through a series of shenanigans and whatnot, um, You've moved from the, the first small town to the next slightly bigger town. Uh, you were influential in the political process in that you got someone elected. Uh, you made two friends. Uh, what's his name? Tyler, what's your character's name again? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I, I remember Mick. that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I thought my brain was like, Josh, his name's Mick. And it's like, no, not quite. No. Uh, yes, you made some friends. Uh, Michael has met Michaela's scary voice dad friend. Uh, Michaela is Michael's daughter that he didn't know about. And Tyler ruined the joke I had, which was going to be, oh, my dad's name is Michael. He's a great wizard. Maybe you've heard of him. And I was so upset with you. Um, but I got over it. Uh, you also uh, started to meet members of the Morgnificent Seven, um, including... A lich, who has also said, hey, here is a ring. If you ever need anything, just ask, and I'll answer the question. So, I, I you've have made that, a lot I? of very interesting friends. Yes, you do. That was oh, after... Yeah. Uh, we did... Mouth. Lost the memories and can't talk about his wife or apparently children. I mean, um, Ralph's always yeah. talking about his kids, right? No. You know, the twins? <laughs> Ethan, roll on the short term, Matt. <laughs> um, 
Little Tree was replaced by Little Tree the Second, uh, who now has a cool leather jacket, magical punching gloves, and a World War One style German war helmet, I believe. Oh yeah, we did do that. Yes, we did. We had a shopping episode. Uh, now the party was asked by the version of Strad we have, whose name is Baron von Bonhoeffen, who. Because he's a very funny man, Jacob can actually speak German and informed me that he is very well aware that his last name means train station. Because I put it in as a placeholder last name and I totally forgot to change it. So, there you go. Uh, the, the Baron von Bonhoeffen asked the characters to make contact um, with a young lady by the name of, um, I believe her name is Scarlett Oera. Um... Jacob's going to be so disappointed in me very soon. Carmen. Um, pardon? Carmen O'Hare. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Turns out you might just give a damn. Um, mm. yep. um, yeah, and uh, so your job was essentially to go and find her. Um, Malf needs to find her to fix his head. Uh, because otherwise any time anyone ever mentions anything about his wife or anything, or him being married, he goes crazy for a little bit. I don't know why it's I'm always... cursed to play characters who need to get their brain worms fixed, but, you know. There we are. I, was just I, I remember your That was your would... choice. You did yeah, make good. it. I had it written down. I was I say, you willingly did the it. thing. You did. You did. All I'm saying is that, um, like, she will definitely, <laughs> if we ever run into her, she will understand and agree that I made, <laughs> uh, objectively, the correct choice. You know, I now need to put Malf's wife in this game. No, you don't. I don't know if I want to. No, you don't. Um, we have had uh, Dame's character, Mags, roll a couple of times on the feisty, attractive lady table. Yes. And we're waiting for either the natural one or the natural 20. We're not sure which way will be funnier. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Um, is there anything I've missed? Or have I gave a, given a really terrible recap? Um, that's basically to the point of where we're at now, where we're leaving the very creepy city that we've, we're basically yes. forcibly brought to on the Baron's train. And I just want to emphasize the, the, how cool this bow is. We're, we're, and, and, and of course, probably Ethan's favorite moment when he stole the Baron's, like, special cutlery off his table. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Natural yeah. 20 on steel. I'm into stealing now. Tire awkward dinner. This mouse new oh. thing is thievery. I'm just waiting for Little Tree to take up smoking or something. I'll be like... Wait, what? How? You don't even have a mouth. <laughs> Little tree shrugs and makes a kind of insouciant gesture towards you. It's probably like how Bender like, would drink alcohol, even though he's a robot. Just don't think about it. <laughs> or the way he picked both his arms up at the same time. Or the um, way he could exist is just a head. Yes. Bender, Bender, Bender. Um... Yeah, so I believe that probably is just about everything that's happening in that game, which we're going to be restarting next week. Yay! We'll actually be playing Dungeons & Dragons again until 
we get bored and then probably play something like the Warhammer 40,000 roleplay game that I bought a one-shot of that actually gives you pre-gens. Yay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big muscly woman with a flamethrower, Dame. That sounds like fun. Dame? Yeah. Good time. Gonna threaten you with a good time. <laughs> cool. Um, so, everyone, uh, I, I do want to say thank you for giving me this time. Um, it, it's, it's always very, very valued. Um, cool. Um... Dame, where can people find you on on socials? You can find me on Twitter at Dame Does Art. Cool. Um, Sean, where can people find you on socials? Okay, so uh, per- compared to previous weeks, everything has changed, and you can <gasps> find me at Brain Beast Studios on all major social media platforms. And if you head to my Twitter, there's a link to all my Discords there too. Cool. You, you got a new gig. No, that's just that I rebranded. Finally, just oh, okay, I okay. finally settled on a brand ah. <laughs> that isn't just my name. Okay, very cool. So I'm in the um, process of updating everything at the moment. Okay, I'm. I'm just warning you now. I'm not going through our old recordings and like redoing that because that's how I die. <laughs> oh no! Like pe- my, I'll still come up with when people search my name, but you'll get there faster. By looking for the new names. That's right. Uh, Jacob, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at jabbittsiu. Uh, Tyler. And I just want to point out, I've been looking at everyone on the together mode on Skype. Good job. Um, I yeah. can be found on Twitter at Ronald Foos. And if you want to listen to the history podcast or the music and uh, history podcast, um, it's discographers on uh, discogpod.com. Excuse me, discogpod.com. Got to take a drink. Uh, and Ethan. I got Zissy too. I don't do anything on the internet anymore. <laughs> Fair. Other than this. Uh, and I, of course. Sorry, what? Other than this. Okay. Uh, and I, of course, can be found at Nerdy People D and D. Um, please do check out Better Homes and Dungeons. Uh, got some really cool guests. Uh, that's including me yes. including you yes mm. and, and and i did the thing again where i got absolutely inundated with more messages than i know how to deal with Good job. oops so yeah. you have a spreadsheet what, what a silly Is man it? i'm 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 actually using a calendar this year it's amazing yep. i haven't my dude goofed it yet do you have oh, a google oh, right. form for guest applications i should probably make one <laughs> yeah yeah, I have one of those for my show, and you should probably make one for your show. I should. That would be a good idea. Actually, if you're going to use like that sort of uh, diary setup, Josh, set a date for uh, June 2025 uh, to buy the loudest, most annoying present for a little child that you can, because you got to get back a Joel. Ethan, I've been planning this for a long time. That kid is essentially just going to get a megaphone that's, that's going to cool. be painted like a color and like I'm going to like stick stars on it, but it's very clearly going to be a police grade megaphone that I'm just going to give the child. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sorry, Shelly, you're a collateral on all of this. You're a collateral and you're on my thinking that a remote control yeah. You know what your good. husband did repeatedly? I'm very sorry you're going to cop this, my friend, but... I mean, in a way, this is your fault for not stopping. <laughs> you know you were supposed to stop. 
Yes, Joel has mucked around, and he will find out. <laughs> That's my PG version of that saying. Mm-hmm. Good work, me. Okay, so um, everyone, again, uh, I will see you next week when it's time for some Dungeons and Dragonsing. Sean, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you're you welcome, so much, Sean. Yes, thank yeah, you so much. We'll come back at some point. It's been my pleasure. Cool. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.